listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Road to Omaha Podcast presented by Apollo Media. I'm here with my guy, Dez, and we were smack talking off air. And I said, we need to start this podcast now because I am going to Omaha on Sunday and he he's Des is over here. Just it's a shame that I have to go home. Sad, yada, 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 this and that time mad and shoving it up people's asses. This here. Now we're going to Omaha. Mississippi State versus Texas is coming on Sunday night. But first, before we get into the Sunday games, let's get into Saturday's games. Let's do a little analysis. So 2 p.m. Central time, because we're in God's time, or 2 p.m. Eastern time zone, 1 p.m. Central time zone, a.k.a. God's time zone. It's where all the best sports are played. NC State and Stanford are kicking off the College World Series in Omaha. We got an ACC team and a Pac-12 team. If you had told me that we'd have two of each in Omaha this year, I'd question it. I'd question it a lot. But NC State, they beat the number one overall seed in Arkansas, and they're playing Stanford, which is arguably one of the hottest teams coming into Omaha. They got a hell of an offense, and they got starting pitchers out the ass. So we're here, NC State versus Stanford on the left side of the bracket. Des, take it away. Look, we're here from an undisclosed location. I'm not telling where everyone, where I'm at. I may be in Dubai. I may be in Mexico. I may be in Japan. I don't know where I am right now. I'm drinking um, a lot of tequila, but I know this for a fact. And the fact is this. Stanford rolls NC State. Put a mortgage on it. Go to your loan shark. Go to your bank. Take the biggest loan out and put it on Stanford. 100%. Because I saw what they did in Lubbock and I fell in love with this pitcher that looks like the 35 other pitchers that came out of Stanford on a Friday night, which is high socks, six, five, a little lettuce, a little 95, a little 12, six, a little cut piece. And they just win. I, I see it game over. That's what's happening tomorrow. I, I and I know TD Ameritrade plays very small and, Uncle Des has bet every single over for the last two and a half weeks, made a shit ton of money, but I'm not betting on overs this week. I'm betting on teams, and that is the Cardinal. Listen, I I don't hate it because as Mississippi State's head coach always says after every game, every press conference, never get too high, never get too low. It's even keel. Did NC State get too high after beating the number one overall seed at Arkansas, in Baumwalker Stadium, in Fayetteville. I think they did. 100%. I agree. You you can't not be too high over that because NC State beat the best overall team this entire season. Everyone expected Arkansas to be in Omaha, where they're at right now. And NC State's there. They dogpiled. They lit up Kevin Copps at the end of the game. They got two home runs off of them, three to two, to win the Super Regional. Not a big deal. Getting to Omaha is an incredible accomplishment. NC State, I hope you packed light because you're not staying here very long. You got too high. 
it, it's just it's what it is. Stanford is v- very hot. It, they're as hot as the California sun. They're bringing it to Omaha, where I might add it was 104 degrees yesterday. Ben Upton, you all right, bud? Y- you okay? Did you did you hydrate with enough Bud Light? Because good God, it's hot. I am not prepared to be Quite that warm. warm in Omaha and TD Ameritrade on Sunday evening. But Stanford, they're hot. NC State, you got too high. You got a little too much dip on your chip, brother. So NC State. Yeah, you're going to take the L. You're going to head to the loser's bracket where Arizona and Vanderbilt are sitting on the bottom side of that bracket, a 7 p.m. Eastern game. Fandy's going to have Kumar on the bump. Yes. Big game pitcher. Big game. Big game moment. Big game rock. He pitched game two back in 2019 against Mississippi State. Granted, I will add, that was terrifying. And horrible. Game one, Kumar Rocker, even better, even more of a big game pitcher because it is imperative that these teams get into the winner's bracket. It saves them a lot of hassle, saves them a lot of nerves. Vanderbilt, they've been here before. They won it in 19. They won it back in, what, 2014. Tim Corbin is heading up the, the Vandy boys. Once again, they are good. They are great. They've been expected to be here all season long, and you got Kumar Rocker on the bump. How could you not be comfortable with Kumar standing on that bump 60 and a, sixty feet away and just throwing gas? And especially if he's going to get the calls that he did against ECU, I pray to God that doesn't, doesn't happen, happen, but it's entirely possible. He's a big game pitcher, Kumar Rocker, Fandy. They're good, and I can't pick – I can't not pick them. Taking Vandy. Yeah. I, it's, it's a question of if he gets an inch, inch and a half, right? He's the most impossible pitcher to connect with in the, in the, in all of NCAA and maybe the show. Like I'm saying, like call him up tomorrow when he gets drafted. So I think uh, if you get a tight zone, if you get a Arizona offense that has been clicking, that has been striving and thriving, um, I don't think this is a good matchup for Vanderbilt. Stoney, I have no confidence in saying right now that Arizona could beat Vanderbilt. But Drunk Des on holiday – as the Brits would say. As Cheerio. the Brits would say. Cheerio. Um, I am taking Arizona for a game one upset. Look. They, they, look, they've shown that they can be in the moment, that they can have the offense, they can pitch, they can make strikes, they can make the plays. They play in a big ballpark as well. It matches and T- Omaha. And TD plays very, very big. Arizona upsets Vanderbilt, puts all the pressure on Jack Leiter, puts all the pressure on 16-year-old, whatever his name is, for game three starter. Tim Corbin is going to have a fucking aneurysm because Arizona upsets Vanderbilt game one. And I'll give you the score, six to four. There you have it. If if the over-under is at nine and a half, take the over. Yep. 
But over under, but Zona wins. I, I personally don't hate the pick because as you all heard that continually listen to this show, you all heard me take ECU over Vanderbilt in the Super Regional. And I could have been right had the umps not been absolute chotch. They were chotches. They, they were giving six inches off the plate so for, for Vandy. And they were they had the smallest of strike zones for ECU. But we're not talking about the Supers anymore. Vandy is here. Arizona is here. Arizona hits bombs. Is it dry enough air in Ooh. Nebraska for that ball to fly? That is my only question. And we will see how juiced the balls are after Super Regional play, after there was literally 300 home runs. 300 plus home runs, I believe, hit in the regionals. How many ever more hit in the supers? The ball has been flying. Do they deaden the ball like they did in 2019 World Series? I don't know. That is to be seen. We will know tomorrow, today, when you're listening to this. If they deaden the ball, which they might, NCAA may may freak the fuck out. A billion home runs. Everyone's looking at it. Let's, Let's reverse the other way. If they den the ball, Vanderbilt is the favorite, correct? So I think there's three teams that okay, become me... automatic favorites if they den the ball. Okay. In, in this vacuum, in this scenario, a dead ball, who is your three favorites? My three favorites, Vanderbilt. And then coincidentally, our two teams, because they don't rely on the home run ball. All okay. the other teams that are in here rely on the home run ball and don't have as good pitching as these three teams. That's that's the only thing. So Vandy, Mississippi State, Texas. Mississippi State, Texas play against each other. So whoever legs up that game is in the driver's seat, essentially. Yep. The biggest issue to me as a fan, not even an unbiased national media journalist, just as a fan, it's not outside the realm of possibilities that the NCAA down into the ball. And that worries me. It, it doesn't worry me as a journalist. It worries me as a fan because if they do that, the sport dies. The sport is, is dying. The sport is dying on the major league level. But if you deaden the ball, who wants to spend two weeks in Omaha, Nebraska, watching two to one ball games? Yeah, in, in 2018, the balls were deadened, and then they were juiced. They were deadened, and then they were juiced. So Mississippi State, they played the first game against Washington. It was 1-0. to zero. It was like, yeah. I think, off the top of the head, I can count six fly balls that went to the warning track for Mississippi State alone. There was more for Washington that game. None of them flew out, and it was at night. The humidity went down. The ball stopped. The ball died, and then the two two mornings later, they played North Carolina, and Mississippi State hit like four home runs. It was juice ball, dead ball, yeah. juice ball, dead ball. Pick a ball, and let all of these teams figure it out with the ball that you are providing. Do not switch it up. If you are going to deaden it, deaden it, deaden all of the balls. If you are going to all juice right. the ball, juice them all the way up. I want the Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire steroids in those suckers, and I want the ball to fly. I I talked to CJ and my cousin who was the shortstop of the University of Texas during the last Augie years. Humble brag. uh, Humble brag. uh, uh, A tad. 
and he hit a ball at TD Ameritrade. One of I think he was the first home run at TD Ameritrade as a as a Longhorn. And I talked to him about it. I was like, like you know, what's the vibe? What's going on? Have you talked to the guys? Obviously, you're 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 way disconnected from these guys coming in. And he's like, yeah. I mean, like we're all in a group message together. We're all talking. And so the vibe on the Texas side going to the series is expect the unexpected. And I think we should probably title this podcast expect the unexpected because they don't know what's going on. And I don't think you're, you know, what's going on until Ty Madden steps on the mound against Mississippi state or any ace that steps on the mound, Kumar Rocker steps on the mound and they grab that ball and they know, okay, is it heavy? Is it light? Whatever it is, because a pitcher, a pitcher knows, a, 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 a staff knows when you grip that ball, you're like, oh, okay, this is what we have today. And when I talked to him and I worked through it and I, and I asked him, I was like, all right, so when you were, where you were digging in the plate, you're up to bat, you're in the fucking World Series, you're the shortstop of the University of Texas, what's going through your mind? And he was like, I'm just going to try to square up every single ball I can up the middle, and if it goes, it goes. And his home run, which was is iconic for the University of Texas because it was the first big moment then, he goes, I thought that was a routine pop for the shortstop. I go, oh, you hit a ball 375 feet and you thought it was a routine pop of the shortstop? And he goes, yep. So there is a real disconnect between game to game for the players playing. And it makes zero sense to me. And I think you could talk to any big leaguer right now that there is a problem with the baseballs. 100%. Yeah. And we're also in Omaha where the ball does not fly. The wind blows in and the ballpark is big. So it is very difficult. You have to piece it up exactly on the sweet spot with the exact launch angle and the exact wind to be dead when you're hitting a ball and you expect it to fly out in Omaha. It, that's the way it is. I don't know why they built it that way. They should have built it the other way. The wind blows out. Home runs are sexy. It gets you the viewers. You want people to watch your product hit more home runs. It, it's worked for the MLB over the last four years. More home runs, more viewership. That's what people want to see. Now, real baseball fans, sometimes they want a pitcher's duel, but sometimes right. they want a slugfest. Sometimes they want game five of the 2017 World Series. That's it's the baseball fan. It's the nature of a real baseball fan. It wants a little bit of both. The average or non-average baseball fan is going to be like, all right, show me the home runs. That's all I care about. And if you yeah. don't have five of them in that game, they're going to be like, eh, I'm good. Probably won't watch tomorrow. But also, like, Rosenblatt, like, when – peak Roosevelt happened obviously it was with the new bat or the old bats but balls flew out there and now that we go to TD we have the new bats we have all this stuff um it's been a dud like the most I can, iconic I think say that it's been a dud so the the iconic ones that I can think of over the last few years all involve Mississippi State for some odd reason you have the four inning three error ninth inning by Auburn last year or two years ago in 2019 in the opening game Mississippi State wins all of those happened on ground balls not very iconic Mississippi State has a walk-off Luke Alexander inside out pitch hits it to right field goes over the right fielder's head because he was playing in scores a guy on second not that iconic and you have Jordan Westberg hitting a grand slam at an 11 a.m game in Omaha 
that no one watched against North Carolina. That's that's it. It's pitching yeah. duel after pitching duel after pitching duel. <clears throat> and the teams that are very good at pitching, they love Omaha because they have the strength. They play to the strength in that stadium. But there aren't iconic Omaha moments at TT Ameritrade. Simply put, there's doubles. Sometimes there's triples. The ballpark is so big that there's triples. But there's no home runs, and people want to see the home run. I I just – there's – look, you're going to be there. You're going to be boots on the ground live for the Road to Omaha Pods. You'll be able to see it. And it's just – it just seems time and time again – there are stories from observers and watching baseball that there's this disconnect. I, it's the baseball, it's the stadium, it's the bats, it's the talent level, whatever it is. I'm going to lean on the, the fact that the baseball's dead when uh, the road to Omaha comes to Omaha. But at the end of the day, Stanford, Texas and Mississippi State probably are in the driving seat. Vanderbilt probably wants to be in that car, but I just don't understand the fact that Vanderbilt hasn't developed a third guy for that third game, which you need in Omaha, because a rocker ladder is great. It, it is phenomenal. It is second to none. Probably close to Bauer Cole, right? UCLA. It's it's Bauer Cole Rocker Lighter, but Bauer Cole couldn't even make it out of a regional. So a uh, Rocker Lighter have already exceeded those expectations, but you need a third guy, you need a pin. And we talked about it with Arkansas. Arkansas had a lot of problems. If an offense went cold, what happens next? And we talked about it on here. We did. We, we, we talked about it profusely. If a Arkansas lineup goes cold in whatever uh, a, a weekend SEC matchup or a regional or a super regional, what happens next? And we saw it. NC State advances. NC State did the damn thing. But kudos to NC State. Stanford has a leg up because Stanford has this – whatever Silicon Valley data micromanagement machine of making a Friday night ace, I think NC State is in a uh, tough spot. I really do. So before we go to segment, who's your pick to advance out of the side of the bracket? Who ends up in that final series of three games? I'll take the chalk. I'll stay. I just shit it on Vandy, but I'm going to say Vandy. I guess. I don't know. Vandy. I, I don't feel good Arizona. about it. I'm going to take oh, Arizona. I did, look, I called Arizona for the upset and I'm taking Vandy. Uh, I'm going opposite. I'm going Arizona. I don't know. I have a feeling. I, I don't hate it because I took him for the first round upset. Yep. I, Arizona and Vandy. Those are two very good picks. We'll see what happens on that side of the bracket, but we're going to be right back with the other side of the bracket right after this. And welcome back 
to the Rodoma podcast. We've had a little banter offline. We got a little Cabo, Dubai, somewhere in the distinct world situation going on with Des. But we're back. We're here. You can follow us on Twitter at Rodoma Pod, and you can follow Apollo at Apollo H O U. Leave a five star review, subscribe, follow all of that good stuff on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Megaphone, wherever you get your podcasts. And Des. You took Vandy, I took Arizona to come out of the other side of the bracket. And now we are here on this right side of the bracket. We have Virginia, Tennessee, your Texas Longhorns, and my Mississippi State Bulldogs. Virginia and Tennessee, weird oranges. I don't like the orange situation going on here. I despise one of them. Virginia's isn't bad, but... They're playing against each other at 1 p.m. Central, God's time zone, on Sunday. I I don't know what to expect. I think I have an idea, but I want to hear what you've got. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is this. Knoxville is not traveling to Nebraska Omaha. The ball is not going to fly like it has in a very regional that regional and super regional where the field played at 300 feet. TD Ameritrade doesn't do that. TD Ameritrade plays um, big. It plays as a graveyard for home run balls. And I do not think dead ball, live ball, whatever SEC, it means more doesn't translate in Omaha. I'm going to take, and I hate it. I hate it because we've dogged on the ACC. We dogged on them all year. We sat on this porch and we fucking shitted on them. We said they cannot win. And here we are in Omaha. Hey, big, big national journal so that we are. Set aside our differences. Virginia beats Tennessee. Okay, so before you went, I had an idea of what I was thinking. I was thinking the exact same thing, word for word, the exact same thing. Tennessee, they're playing in a big ballpark. The balls we are suspecting are going to be deadened. Correct. And for a home run hitting team that can only score runs by the home run, that's not, that's, that's just not a good way to come into Omaha and expect the dead ball and not be able to hit home runs, regardless if it's they're playing in the day when the ball will fly a little bit more but it's going to be windy. It's going to be hot. I, yeah, and Virginia's hot. Virginia's the the team that was dead. They're the 2018 Mississippi State Bulldogs. They were dead halfway through the season. The ACC was dead. Virginia's here. They are in Omaha. They are hot. They are confident. They are not cocky. They are confident, and they deserve to be here because they should have been here all along, but they sucked for half the season. So Virginia, Kenny Powers, Dippin' Dots, I'm right there with you. I feel bad taking an ACC team, but I feel good picking against Tennessee. That's that's simply put. I agree. There's no rocky top here. It's um, look. I I've talked about it. Tony Vitello. He looks like he's 25 years old. He looks our age, and he's a head coach of a prestigious program. He's right of the ship. He's got the boys rocking and rolling. It, it, it made a ton of sense that all their games, their regionals and super regionals, it, it was a vibe. 
as the kids would say. It was a, a complete vibe with all the home runs in Knoxville. But what I saw this week, and I don't know if you saw it, but the University of Tennessee baseball Twitter account got the one and only Mr. Omaha himself, Peyton Manning, to do a little cameo. And I just think that's, that's a little fugazi, a fugazi. It's a little too much for me. Virginia, blue collar, doing the work. They're doing the thing. They're just doing the whatever it takes to win a ball game. And I just think Virginia is going to, to beat them. And it may be handily. I, I, I will say that. It's going to be handily. Virginia won a national championship six years ago. Yeah. They have the pedigree. They've been here. They've been They've here. Done this. Tennessee hasn't been here since 2007. New coach, different program. Fans are starting to enjoy the fruits of being an SEC team. They're, I think Tennessee is going to travel very well to Omaha. Most SEC teams do. SEC does. I'm expecting the gross version of orange all over the, the ballpark and around the, um, the city of Omaha. I expect to see that. I will not like it in any way, shape, or form, but I expect to see it, and I expect Tennessee to be going home in two games. Two and done. I don't, I don't think they're going to be here. I think they're with NC State, packing their bags early, heading home. Tennessee, you're going to lose the Virginia first game, no doubt in our minds. Look, we're we're talking here right now, right? And we're we're going through the program, we're going through the the schedule. One of our teams, whether it be the Longhorns or the Bulldogs, they're sending home Tony and the volunteers. I I'm I am comfortable with myself right now, Friday before the games on Saturday, saying that. The loser of the Texas-Mississippi State primetime game in front of the entire country, in front of the entire world, the loser of that game sends home Tennessee in the next elimination game. Take it to the bank. And if Take Texas, it to the bank, Tony. If Texas is playing Tennessee, I will put on some burnt orange. If Mississippi Look. State is playing Tennessee, I will be wearing my maroon, of, of course, but I will be rooting very hard against Tennessee because – I don't like them. I don't like their shade of orange. That I think that's the sole reason that I hate Tennessee is because it's of their gaudy. shade of orange. It's so gaudy. It's as, a gaudy orange. As uh, what, what's her name from the blind side? Tui? Yeah. What, the last yeah. name? Yeah. I will Sandra not wear Bullock that shade of orange. It, was, yeah. it is gaudy. It is. It's a gaudy orange. Quite simply put. And their fans are a little annoying, but everyone has annoying fans, so it's – it's a wash there, but the orange is – that's enough for me to dislike you. I understand the fan base. I understand all that. It's the fact that we sit here in Omaha, the Road to Omaha podcast in Omaha. Well, half of us. Not a big deal. But no big deal. We're already here. I mean, maybe one day we'll get press press passes like our boy Ben. But – um, we're sitting here talking about it, and it just feels like Tennessee's on this Cinderella bullshit thing, and the clock is going to strike midnight. Is it, is it midnight against our Cavaliers all of a sudden, or is it midnight versus 
the loser Texas in Mississippi State. I just don't see them advancing. And okay, maybe they upset Virginia. Maybe they maybe the ball is not dead and they carry it out and they hit the ball. They score 25 runs. They're not beating Miss the winner of Mississippi State, Texas. They're not. Absolutely not. I don't understand the the fanfare and the a ton of money coming in Vegas side on Tennessee. I don't get it. The last person that believed in Tennessee, his name was David Crockett. Where'd he go? He went to Texas. He said, you go to Tennessee, I'm going to Texas. You go to hell, I'm going to Texas. Look, David Crockett didn't want to even be there. Like, I don't get it. I don't get it. And there's be plenty of memes for me to fire off if Texas loses game one and they have to play Tennessee in an elimination game in Omaha. Because shout out David Crockett. Now, everyone that's listening to this, Take your money and put it on six plus six fifty for Tennessee because it's bound to happen now that they're wishing they're winning the national championship because we've talked entirely too much Look, about hating Tennessee. We did. There's a lot of Tennessee hate here, but it's fine. Maybe hedge a bit. Maybe just just hedge but, your bets a little bit. But we're here. We hate the we're orange. Here. They're gone in two games. Moving on before we get into our matchup. Look, our team really talking about it. We need to talk. <laughs> about how Mississippi State has a home game, even though they're wearing grays. All right. We can talk about it. I'm not happy about it. We can talk do, about it. Do Texas fans travel for football <laughs> and baseball? I'm, I'm genuinely curious because I, I didn't grow up in Texas. I grew up in SEC country in Alabama. All I know is Roll Tide, War Eagle. I went to Mississippi State. Mississippi State fans travel very well for baseball. Auburn and Alabama fans travel very well for football. I just don't know what the dynamic is for Texas. I would like you to explain it to someone that was only born in Texas and never really lived there. Um, look, Texas is back, folks. That's all That's you need to know. That's not answering the question. <laughs> That's all you need to know. <laughs> Texas is back. And the fact that we're sitting here before the Sunday night primetime game, I think it's a game of the century. I mean, it's the it it it's the thrill of Manila. It's Ali versus Frazier. It's everything. I I don't understand how literally the president of the United States doesn't stop everything and just say, "Hey, let's just put this game on all the channels," because that's what I would do. Respectfully, of course, I would take over all the all the cable services and be like, "Hey, yeah, let's put this game on." Respectfully. But respectfully, of course. <laughs> but does Texas travel well was the question. And I don't know because I'm hearing reports and our guy, Ben Upton. Sources. Seven, yeah, sources, sources, sources. Ben Upton. Let me say Ben Upton. Oh, uh, he's there, boots on the ground. And you're going to be boots on the ground. So you'll, you'll have a better pulse um, come game day. But it doesn't seem well that Mississippi State has a lot of people there already in Omaha and not a lot of Texas people. So I said, I, I tweeted Ben, I go, this, this feels like a, this feels like a uh, road game here. And Mississippi State and all their fans got in my mentions very, very quickly, dogging on me, ragging on me. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Uh, please, please, please contact at Stoney. Because um, my best friend is a Mississippi State fan, so I don't know why everyone's like dogging me in the mentions right now. <laughs> I'm a little worried. I'm a little worried that this is a big, a big home game, a lot of cowbells Sunday night in Omaha. 
as you said, we're best friends. I'm so not happy. All, all season, I've been rooting for Texas. You've been rooting for Mississippi State. 100%. It's been chalk the whole season. We got to this point, and somehow we ended up on the same side of the bracket, and somehow we have to play each other first. Here we are. There is going to be maroon and white in Omaha, and it is going to be floods of people. There's going to be speckles of burnt orange, but there is going to be floods, a floodgate of maroon and white, and everyone and their mother knows it, that TD Ameritrade Park is going to be filled with cowbells. Absolutely filled. And I think Texas fans should be shaking in their boots about the crowd. I'm not sure about the game. I think the game is going to be very tight. Look, I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. Uh, I'm the not. Texas happy fans about are that. also that? skeptical people as of late because the Texas is back jokes keep happening. And if it happens 100%. again, I will not be ruthless, but I may or may not retweet a bunch of people who are ruthless. Cannot promise that. Honestly, I'm confident. You're a little nervous. I'm confident. This is the third straight year that you're confident going into this. I'm confident going into this game. What happens from here on out? I, I have no idea, but I, they live for this moment. Rowdy Jordan, Tanner Allen. They've been here three straight times. They're seniors. They're the most well-oiled engine in all of college baseball. They've been here too many times. They've hit too many big game hits. They make all the catches in the field. I don't know. I'm just confident. That's that's all it is. No, I, I I think you're right in the sense of that Mississippi State, they've been here, they've experienced it. The players that were freshmen are now juniors, super seniors, whatever. They're they're here. They've they've seen the moment. And I counter argue that Coach Pierce for the University of Texas has built a team. That is built for Omaha. You have a guy in Ty Madden, who is a top 10 pick. You have a guy in Tristan Stevens, who is a Friday night starter for probably any other team in the country outside Vanderbilt. And you have a guy named Pete Hansen as your third starter, who would be the Saturday guy for any team in the country, who will emerge as a Friday night starter. And you have four guys out of the pen that you trust. And I think... In theory, when you have that kind of formula, that is built for Omaha because it's not about your Friday night starter, your Saturday night starter anymore. It's about, hey, what, who can win game three and what pin can get you to game four, game five? And so that's how Texas is built. But they stumbled upon a Mississippi State team that has a lot of innings and big moments and players that have never – blinked to say lesser words like they've never they've never seen a moment that has surprised them and so it's a perfect storm within a hurricane that's happening sunday night and that's what i'm as a look not a texas fan as an unbiased national media journalist in college baseball i am excited to see a unmovable object meet an, an unmovable force because I think that is what we have on Sunday night. I really do. And whatever happens Sunday night, I literally think it circles back in a week and a half later in another matchup. 
for whatever team to be double dipped because all roads lead to Texas, Mississippi state to go to the college world series, the final three. Like I just, I don't see how whatever our teams are, aren't in the college world series. Like, and, and no disrespect to the other two teams on this side of the bracket. I just think we're better. And we, we said it early in this podcast. We think there's three teams that are built for Omaha and two of them happen to be on this side of the bracket. There's correct. There is a way that I see Virginia making it to the college world series finale and they have the Cinderella story and they move on and they only won 33 games and they lost 25 and here they are and they win the world series. Congratulations, Virginia. Stepping dots, all that bullshit. I see, I see that side. But if you look at the other side, it's a storm. There's lightning bolts over here. There's a t- tornado right. over here. And then there's a hurricane coming down the middle. What are you going to do? Texas, Mississippi state. One of you two will be in the finale against one of our picks, Arizona or Vanderbilt. I feel confident in, those four teams, I don't feel as confident in the other four. That's simply put. But yeah, Texas, Mississippi State might be the best built because, like you said, Texas has a, a Friday night guy as their Saturday guy. Mississippi State, coincidentally, does too. And they also have a number three guy that would probably be a Saturday guy anywhere else in the country in Hootie Who. So, yeah. and then they, you have the best reliever in college baseball left in the tournament because Kevin Copps is no longer in the tournament with Arkansas. You got Landon Sims coming out what in the sixth or seventh inning to clinch a game that sends you to the world series or wins you a world series. How could you not be confident in that? We don't have four guys like that, but we have a guy that can get you four innings and that's huge. And that's what you need when you get in Omaha and you need timely hitting. And I think Texas and Mississippi state both do that very well. Obviously I'm going to take Mississippi state in this game and I'm going to take Mississippi state to advance the college world series. I have, I don't know the, in 2019, I didn't have a feeling. That team was too good. They won 50 games before they got to Omaha. I just didn't have confidence in them to win the whole thing for some reason. This year, they felt a little adversity. He's got, they got these two guys that are seniors that have been in Omaha every year that they've been here. They got two studs at pitcher, and you got the best reliever in the game. I just feel confident. And that could heartbreak me, and I could be flying home on Monday afternoon just – not okay because Landon Sims gave up four home runs and Mississippi state only scored one. Like that could completely happen, but I'm confident. That's all it is. I'm taking Mississippi state to the world series. They're going to play Arizona. It's going to be like 2016 all over again. It's going to be great. Yeah. I think if Mississippi state or Texas plays Arizona, it is a two game sweep. Um, And that's zero disrespect to Arizona. Like, I just think Mississippi State and Texas are the team to be beat in Omaha right now. And so I sit here and I'm thinking through it and I'm talking with you. It worries me that there is a guy like Landon Sims that is a psychopath, one, two, throws the fuck out of baseball, and three, records outs like it's getting Girl Scout cookie orders. Like the dude just – records outs it doesn't matter if he's if he's striking guys out getting info pop-ups getting ground balls he just records outs um he makes a game a lot simpler when you can go hey meet you're in and um here's nine outs we that's all we need and he gets it um i think all roads lead to vanderbilt texas or mississippi state playing vanderbilt for the national title and um 
we all know Vanderbilt has a has a Sunday night problem, and you just got to get to rocker lighter once, and the, those innings and everything is lining up to be a problem for Vanderbilt. Um, if Vanderbilt wins this year, I think that'd be the greatest testament to Corbin and his staff and to that team of all time, because you have guys, um, you have a lot of unknown guys. Well, you have two known guys who are probably top five picks in this draft. And so when I sit here and I think about it, it it's Texas, Mississippi State playing each other Sunday night, playing each other again for a double dip. And I think even then, whether Texas wins Sunday night, Mississippi State wins Sunday night, that next game, that the team that lost is coming out of the loser bracket wins, and they're forcing another game to go to the title. So that's just good baseball. And that's hell for me and you. Absolutely hell for me and you as, as fans of the game, seeing that. But – I, th- I think I'd take Texas-Mississippi State over Vanderbilt any day of the week. I really do. Whoever whoever it is emerges on this side, I, I, I take them. It, whether it be your Bulldogs or my Longhorns, I, I think they are better than Vanderbilt in Omaha because innings log up, pitches speed up, a lot of things add up on that side for Vanderbilt. And they've been here before. They've won here before. I get it. I understand that. But I just think our two teams are built to win. I, I really do. And I that may th- be being a homer. I don't know. I said this eight or nine episodes ago before Mississippi State played Vanderbilt in a series. I'm nervous. But they can get to him. They proved that they could. They beat Jack Leiter. They got to Kumar. And then he ended up settling in for eight more innings. And then they had a Sunday problem. He had five runs on him. We ended up losing. We gave it up. The bullpen didn't go as well as we thought it would. We don't have the sun. We didn't have the Sunday guy in then that we did now. A lot of things are different with both of our teams. You, you've gotten a new Sunday guy. You've got four guys in the bullpen that you didn't know you had at the beginning of the season when Texas played Mississippi State and the other SEC teams. The teams are different. And both of them are built to shoot the gap and score some runs. That's simply put, and they have great pitching behind it. So are you taking Texas to move on? Yeah, I am. I am. I, I'm, not, I f- I'm not confident. I'm not confident at all. I figured we I, were going I, chalk on this side, and so yeah. did you listening to this. You should have, at least if you didn't see that coming. I I don't know what you were thinking, but I don't know. I have a, a quiet confidence. I'm not cocky. I don't think we're going to blow teams out of the water. I think there's going to be a walk-off or two involved. I, I don't know. I just Look, feel confident. I, 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 think, I think Landon Sims is a weapon that Kenley Cops was talked about for Arkansas this entire year, and no one talked about Landon Sims. Landon Sims is a psychopath like Cops. He throws harder than Cops. He throws this, this cutter and fastball combo that just – it's it's plus plus it's, it's 99 to 101 like i don't understand how sims hasn't been talked enough from us from the national media from whoever it's all been cops 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 sec right landon sims has been doing the damn thing and he's a psychopath and he throws the ball a fuck ton hard and I don't even know, I'm in Dubai, I'm in Mexico. I don't know where I am right now, but I know he throws it a million kilometers. 
I don't know what that equivalents to miles per hour, but I know he throws it that hard and he is crazy in the head. And that is a weapon you can't quantify in Omaha. You just don't. You can't. Dead ball, live ball, whatever it is in TD Ameritrade, a Landon Sims is – it's a weapon. It's a weapon. He pitched 43-ish, I believe, innings this season. He had more than 80 strikeouts, so he's averaging more than two strikeouts an inning. Two and a half, yeah. And he didn't give up a run in the regular season. He gave up four against Tennessee and a, a already a blowout. We were already getting run rolled. Landon Sins comes in. There's no pressure on him. He didn't have his stuff. He needs to come in, and he's got to have either the bases loaded or he's going to come in for nine outs. That's that's what you use Landon Sims for. He proved it against Notre Dame. He gave up two runs against Notre Dame. He had seven runs to work with. It worked out in his favor, obviously, or six runs to work with. So he gave up a home run to a guy that hit 20 20. 21 home runs this year that he's a Greek freak. He, no excuses. He hit it 500 feet. All you can do is tip your tap, tip your cap. And went 700 feet. Yeah. Yes. And Landon Sims has a rising fastball that is rivaling of Garrett Cole and Justin Verlander like in the MLB where it comes in and all of a sudden it raises a foot and you can't do anything about it. And it's coming in at 96, 97. Good luck. I guess like you throw that guy out there. And it's the same thing that Arkansas had this year. Kevin Copps comes in, the other team deflates. Landon Sims come in. They may feel a little bit more confident now that they've seen him pitch all year long, but it's hard to catch up 97 when you don't see 97 all the time. So, to be seen, I'm taking State. You're taking Texas. We're not going to take a national champion this year or this episode. We're going to wait until things start to settle. We'll record again next week. We'll get into it. But Des is in an undisclosed location on holiday, Dubai, Mexico, Turks and Caicos. No one knows where he is. He's on holiday, as they, they say up there. So I'm going to Omaha on Sunday. Des, enjoy your holiday. Drink some more tequila. Oh, it's going to be fun. Sunday night is coming, and it's going to be panic. a storm. I, look, you're, look, I'm looking right now at you across our Zoom. On an under close location, and you're just cheesing. I hate that because you're vibing on something that I'm not because I'm petrified. I'm absolutely petrified. And it doesn't matter who wins Friday, uh, sun, <clears throat> excuse me, Sunday night, because it's going to come back to a double dip scenario. And it's going to come back to an elimination game because I feel like whoever comes out of that double dip scenario is going to win that first game. And then there's going to be a winner take all to go to the final best of three. Um, I'm excited. Look, it's Omaha. The road to Omaha is now here. You're there. I'm happy for you. I wish I was there with you, brother. Um, look, Mississippi State, Texas is back, folks. If Virginia or Tennessee advances from this side of this bracket, we're podcast shutting canceled. the podcast. Yeah, we're done. Absolutely. Taking it off iTunes, taking it off Spotify. You'll never Absolutely. see this again. The All the five-star reviews we got didn't even exist. We have 40-plus five-star reviews on iTunes, they cease to exist if Virginia or Tennessee advances from our side of the bracket. Like, I'll delete my Twitter if Tennessee advances to the final. <laughs> oh, I go, okay, I'm not. I, I can't burner. do that. I got a okay, burner. It's fine. Burn. All, right. All right, that's fine. All right, but, but it's it's Texas Mississippi State against Zona Vandy. Zona Vandy. Era Vandy. 
Air of it. Yeah, we'll go with that. And but uh, for the listeners that are not seeing me, because only Des can see me right now, I wore a yeah. Texas Lakes hat out of um, out of reverse psychology, I suppose. I'm just I, trying to. I'm not happy about it. I didn't want to talk about it. I I saw the hat and I was like, I'm I'm gonna wear that tonight because I know we're recording. So look, I'm not gonna wear maroon ever in my life. But you didn't order text- a Road to Omaha <laughs> podcast shirt. By the way, hit the ApolloHOU.com store. We got Road to Omaha shirts. Not a big deal. Yeah. We have shirts. Not now. a big deal. Listen, listen up. Go order it. Um, I will look. I will never wear maroon in my life. It's gaudy, awful. Shout oh, Tennessee out, gaudy. Come look, on. look, listen. Shout out to the uh, to Sandra Bullock in that one movie in the SEC because it means more. Um, but if Texas is in a spot where it's winter go home, I may reverse psychology you and wear maroon Mississippi State, and I fuck. I may have a cowbell. I may have a, be- a fucking cowbell. I've got a Bevo hat, so we two can play at this game, brother. Two <laughs> can play, and I'll throw my horns up. Oh, stop it! I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking shake the hell out of a cowbell because that's what you do. It's fun as shit when you do it. Or or barbecue, like I guess in the outfield. I'll go to a random high school field and just barbecue. And, and hey, don't mind me. Uncle Des is out here just barbecuing out in, in, in right field because this is what they do hey, in the SEC. It means more. It means more. Barbecue, Omaha. I'm going there Sunday. Des will be watching from an undisclosed beach location. Twitter's going to be a, a dumpster fire. Dumpster. It's going to be Absolute great. Dumpster. We've we've made it. The road to Omaha is over. The road has finished. We've We're made here. it to our destination. Google Maps is telling me we have arrived. We're here. Let's go to Omaha. Let's go to Omaha.